Hi there, my name is Marsha and this is Marsha and her mic. It was uh, this podcast was previously called um, M Listening Podcast and I may change the name again because no one's really listening to this anyway. <laughs> well, because I was and am always listening to stories of people out there. People interest me. The concept of the podcast stays, of course, but regardless of the name change or not, I'm glad that you're listening and from wherever you are and considering the situation we are all in right now with the COVID-19 pandemic breaking out everywhere in the world, I sincerely hope that you're okay, that you're doing your best to keep yourself and your loved ones safe. It's a little scary, restrictive frustrating, annoying, and even makes my blood boil sometimes. But it's something that we need to do. You know, it's something that we need to get done if you want to beat this virus at its own game. So I hope you're doing well. Keep healthy, stay positive, smile a lot, and love your family loads. Okay, so stay safe and happy, happy listening. So I was tasked with writing this article. The title was, um, Is it better for a mom to consider going back to the workforce after giving birth or choose to stay at home to care for her family? Um, I found myself staring off into space more often than I was typing out at the rapid fire speed that I usually do. The usual bullet train of thought was waddling along uh, and it was a toughie. Uh, and my mental pendulum, I was feeling like it was swinging one way and then the other. Women for centuries have tried to weave our, our way into modern civil society to fight the idea that women's mainstay vocation was staying in the kitchen and changing diapers. Even back then, strong-willed women believed that they had no say about what they did with their lives. I'm not young, I've done a lot, depression, anxiety and anything else in between has taught me a lot. There is a multitude of ways to deal with your emotions and things that happen to you whether you like it or not, you know. One of which is journaling and the other one is of course to forgive, you know. Um, But we'll not go into that, we're going to delve into instead, the fear of being too loud and dismissed. Being too nice and trying to please everyone is a is a weakness of mine, you know. And and although I am also known to be to be quite a feminist and an outspoken person, um, I was no match for this phase of my life. As a person who was a performer since her college years, I can attest to the fact that women tend to keep things mum, even when we felt that we were being unfairly treated or discriminated against. This is sometimes just how women are. I don't know, Just maybe it's just me, I don't know. <laughs> um, this is coming from someone who was born with quite a fearless nature, a loud speaker in her throat, and um, a disregard for authoritarian and paternalistic culture. Pretty much like racial inequality, we didn't have a place in society where we, we were applauded when we spoke out. You know, bellowing behind me were voices saying, stay in the kitchen, know your place, you know, or take care of your kids and your husband. 
and but by the way, make money. Those were the words that I heard a lot when I was a young mother or and when I was a young adult. Ever since I was young, I had a passion for singing. I still do. It took me some time to stride into the world of entertainment. During singing stints in pubs, I would encounter drunk men who thought it was part and parcel of the job of, of for singers and performers to mindlessly drink and entertain them. A part of which is kind of, I guess, true. Uh, I'm no stranger to, for, to request for the Shakira hit, hit moves and Beyonce's body waves and lap dances, and it came very often. I would like to say that I defied them all, but I did not. I kept my mouth shut and with a forced smile on my face and did as I was told. It comes with a job. Deal with it. You know, these are words that comes at the back of my mind. Being groped and called names I didn't earn was also part of the deal. Now comes the hard yard of being wife material. Many women, young or old alike, you know, struggle with this, with or without kids in tow. In many parts of the world, including mine, women live their lives viewed as a mere servant or a prop at best. We basically cater to the whims of our male counterparts. I was told that I was a bad wife because I couldn't care for my ex-husband. He, therefore, his having a an affair was really my own doing. It was my fault. My jaw dropped when I realized that nobody was on my side on this one. You know, no matter how I argued against it, nobody was on my side. I was just not doing my job. It was my fault, I was told. And the words stung so bad that I sat in the bathroom while my kids were sleeping, wondering if this was what I have become. Hmm. The situation, I had two young children to care for, both under the, under, under the age of seven at the time, and a shaky, infrequent stream of freelance jobs I was trying to grow and pursue. Compared to what my ex-husband had to do inside the house, the responsibilities on my shoulders were double the weight. Yes, yet it was my fault. Mm. <coughs> Excuse me. Mm. That came t in a timely manner. Well, I might as well have been told that it was too bad I was born a woman. Anyway, we have to fight the the, the you know the, the concept that mothers are the main caregivers. This part has a good ending. More men remain at home to care for their kids while their wives worked outside of the home. Now, compared to two decades ago when my kids were young. Back then, my kids were two years apart, and they had five other cousins who were around the same age. We often herd them together in one house and let their reservoir of energy run its course. Playing together made them closer than ever, but boy, they were wild. They were a rambunctious bunch of five-year-olds. It was hard. The parents of these kids and me, we took turns caring for the band of bandits. And then it was my turn. If I took them out, crammed them from floor space to the ceiling of my car, every one of their misbehaviors was the mother's or whichever woman was in charge for the day's fault. 
my kids, my the nieces and nephews, let me just add that, that I love them to bits and pieces, even though they're grown-ass adults now. Could have been playing rough at McDonald's indoor playground. They could have. They're kids, you know. And I keep a close eye on them. But kids are faster than you think. If, you, if you're, you're a parent of a toddler, you know, my heart goes out to you. I know where that is, uh, where, the, where the place is and what the feelings are. Sometimes you feel you're judged and the unfairness of it, of it, of it all. You know, I know what, where that comes from. So when someone untoward happened, you know, before I could access, assess the situation, apologize or do anything at all, the words came hurtling my way. I would be judged. Um, what kind of mother are you? You know, these are very famous judgmental words, often from another mother. I did not get the chance to explain, apologize, or chastise my charges. I simply got a judgmental mouthful very quickly. I never got the chance to explain, apologize. That, that was it, you know. It made me wonder if the same would have happened if a man was in charge of the whole Brady Bunch. The man, of course, would rather be run over by a truck, you know, literally, than to take on the task of, you know, caring for a whole bunch of young children. They were often socializing with their friends at the pub down the road, and it was their right to do so. In a study by Harvard Business Review, this data was presented, and I quote, because of widely held societal beliefs about gender roles and leadership, when most people asked to picture a leader, what they picture is a male leader. You're not sick. Women are also quick to learn that whenever, whatever we lack physically, God gave us an upper hand in the mental, psychological and, in, and emotional department. Um, there's this article that uh, I would like you to read. It's in, on my Medium and, and on my website, the link. Um, it's called The Weaker Sex, Signs That Shows Women Are Stronger Than Men. When the guys were sick, they were allowed to stay in bed. You know, porridge and necessities in their herbal medicine, medicinal soups were delivered to them on their beds or in their rooms. And they were not required to move an inch from the bed, not even to change the channel of the TV. I wish I was kidding. Women are more robust. That's why they were the ones giving birth, not men. If a woman was thrown into a deep, dry well, we are supposed to have a repository of superhuman powers to climb her back up to the top without help. Even Mr. Stephen Ostet, who is an international expert on aging and chair of the biolo biology department of the University of Alabama, agreed and expounded the fact. And he said, pretty much at every age, women seem to survive better than men, he was quoted as saying when interviewed by The Guardian. To his credit, his research was on the longevity and the robustness of the weaker sex. It seems that women are also lovingly shielded from common men-centric diseases like cardiovascular diseases which occur more often and earlier in men compared to women. 
This was also confirmed during a study done by Catherine Sandberg, the director of the Center of Study of Sex Differences in Health, Aging and Disease at Georgetown University. I, of course, was told the same thing, and I believed that I was mentally stronger than any male counterpart. A caveat, this happened only during the later part of my life, post-kids. There was a period that um, I was so sick, lying in bed, teetering between trying to live and begging to die, that I wondered if the theory was true, because I was really sick, you know, I just couldn't get out of bed, and uh, I was struggling really bad. I thought it was like, you know, I thought I could see my spirit coming out of me. No. And I thought to myself, wouldn't it be nice if things were fair between both genders? I ended up in, in during that period, I ended up in, a, in, a, in an emergency room of a nearby hospital three times because of the condition, yet it was all dismissed. Despite being sick, my ex-husband was still living with us, mind you, back then. I still had to make the lunches, drive the kids to school, clean the house, complete my work according to deadlines, send emails, make phone calls, and tend to the needs of my little family. While driving the kid, one of my kids to school, and you can ask him about it, he witnessed it, and I had to stop the car and I had to puke at the side of the road. You know? But still, you know, maybe women are superhuman after all because I survived that, didn't I? I have absolutely no freaking idea how I survived that, really. I feel a, a little apprehensive mentioning this, but I found an article on Forbes about how this strong woman with an idea struggled to secure funding for her project, which is called Make Love Not Porn. <coughs> it's quite an unconventional concept. She's an icon on fe of feminism in the world of business, and best known for not mincing her words. And yes, her business was kind of, you know, uh, on the side of porn, I guess. There's no easy way to say this. Well, if men were allowed to get start-up funding based on their ideas that stemmed from such an industry, why would they, we women face, you know, obstacles when we try to do the same thing? Why would we face this kind of resistance? It may have taken two years to convince others to invest in her idea, but she advised young founders with brilliant ideas to stick to their vision without compromise. And while well, she has this to say, uh, Rachel Thompson from uh, on Mashable has this to say, women are constantly being told that their voices sound too high-pitched, too valley girl, too shrill, Women are told they apologize too much, that they use too many discourse markers like, yeah, you know, I mean, and that they're exhibiting vocal fry and upspeak. There were times when I had to raise my voice in order to get hurt, you know, and it did not escape me that the whispered words behind the, my back were, she's such a bitch. It's true, true story. I'm sure all of us have. If you're a woman, you, you know, it, this is common. So no matter which tone of voice we use, high or slow spe speech, in fact, I still had the short stick. We also have to try that much harder to be heard. 
And when we are hurt, we must be ready to put in countermeasures. And this is another quote that I found on Mashable. When journalist Jessica Gross was co-hosting Slate's Double X Gap Fest podcast, she also received emails criticizing her for her upspeak. She was told she sounded like a valley girl and a full socialite. And one interviewee said she sounded like his granddaughter. Unquote. Whatever that means, like his granddaughter. Mm. Oh, well. But I was once once employed by a global company that had top employees from all around the world. I was one of the leaders in the company managing a small crew of people from my country. What I tri- tried was a less harmful, more compassionate, gentle and inclusive approach to managing the team. They already had some form, form of discord and you know friction and have started started forming fractions within themselves before I was even even there. So I figured a different approach would work, you know. Well, it didn't. Newsflash, newsflash. My speech and management style was basically the exit game for them. The way I see it, you lose if you do, you lose if you did. And it's been a long journey for women and it will continue to be a long way forward in the future. The good news is the world is slowly changing and the bad news is it's going to be a rough ride. The solution, we need to become one. Men, come over and let's not view each other as opponents. We're not. That's a win-win situation waiting for us. Well, with a clearer picture, I, I, no long, I, I do wonder what life must be like. Well, thank you for listening to this podcast and I love you if you enjoyed it or found some value in it. You know, during the last podcast, I was so determined to continue putting out podcasts out there. It's something I really enjoy doing and since I write a lot, although not about topics that I'm passionate about, you know, because that's work, you know. Um, there's a lot of things that I know I can share with people from all over the world. Some people may agree with me, others may not, but hey, this is the internet. I hope to be putting more stuff in this podcast and hope to you enjoy listening to it. I'm currently using Anchor to publish the podcast because it's doing a really great job in helping me piece the podcast together. I am technologically challenged when it comes to putting together a podcast and it's doing great. You know, I hope to be using it. And But what I do is I write a lot. You can find loads of them on my website, which, which is on my profile. And you can follow me on my social media platforms too. If you've come to those social media platforms from this podcast, please, please shoot me an email or a message to let me know that you found me there. It would be absolutely delightful to know that someone came from this humble little unknown podcast. So before the next podcast, I hope you keep yourself um, safe, healthy, and keep yourself positive, love your family a lot, and 
stay safe. Adios. See you guys.